welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Here we are again. I'm going to start the podcast saying that I met someone at a party at a trade show. <laughs> um, so fun to have uh, Shelly Boren on the show today. Welcome, Shelly. Thank you for having me, Priscilla. This is great. Yeah, well, we had a great time at uh, Green Books IIEX uh, this last year. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want people to know who my guest is. So Shelly Bourne, she's the research manager at Detroit Pistons. Do we have any fans out there in the audience? Hopefully. But Shelly leads a research and insights team for the Detroit Pistons. She supports data-driven decision-making throughout the whole business organization. She works with ticket sales, corporate sponsorships, operations, marketing, entertainment. Oh my gosh, it's like hats, hats, hats. She's totally passionate about giving fans the best possible experience. And we're going to talk a little bit about experience uh, marketing, what that means for her uh, her audience. But the the, the thing that she does, uh, you know, day in and day out is maintaining that continuous focus on on revenue as it relates to happy fans. So prior to working with the Pistons, she was several years in marketing and advertising support in the automotive and the financial services industries. She has an MBA in business analytics from Oakland and a bachelor's degree in marketing and advertising from Central Michigan University, where she lives. And I'm a little bit jelly because uh, it's going to be a great weekend out there in Michigan. So that is the 411 on Shelly, but she's a dynamic dynamic, just super approachable, um, uh, fun researcher. Can you believe it? I only pick fun researchers. So Shelly, thanks so much for taking the time. And we're going to talk about your day in and day out and pick your brain a bit. Is that okay? Sounds great. (laughs) So let's start there. Let's talk about like what is pressing on your mind when you walk into the office. You obviously have an amazing track record, amazing experience. But when you walk in the office of the Detroit Pistons, What's on your brain in the in the morning? It's how to, um, almost like you mentioned in the intro, to concentrate on growing revenue, but making sure that our fans have a great experience. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I think I'm in the a unique position among um, NBA researchers um, in that I get to touch all of those departments that you listed. I know um, every NBA team does research. But um, most of them will conduct the market research specifically out of the marketing department and the operations researchers will do the guest experience um, research and and figure out how to improve that uh, aspect of our world. Um, But I get to touch all of it, which is really interesting. And and it's um, so every day could be different because it depends on what business questions are coming up at any given time uh, that will define what my role is that day, that week, that month. So what you're saying is that a lot of other MBA organizations really have siloed almost like those research functions and aren't really maybe collabor- collaborating across the whole organization. Is that is that really what you're saying? So Priscilla, you know, I've been trying to locate the people within other organizations that, that share the um, more overarching research role and... Um, so there may be out there. I just haven't been able to, to find them. But we have found that there's a lot of value internally here for me to be a part of the conversation in the corporate partnerships department as well as the um, guest experience department because there are times when I can answer questions for one group through research I've done for another. 
I love it. Yeah, using the using the resources for the the organization well, using it in in multiple departments. So you heard that from Shelley. I am always an advocate of people reaching out on LinkedIn, finding those peers, finding those groups of people who can help each other. So you know, find Shelley out on LinkedIn if you are at an MBA organization or sports organization, and you have effectively been able to bring research um, out of the silos and into multiple departments. That would be an amazing conversation that you guys, you know, could share. So um, certainly, certainly that's what this kind of podcast is about, putting our challenges out there, pulling what I say all the time, pulling the, the curtain back a little bit and letting everybody see, you know, what's going on on the inside um, so that we can help each other. I, I, I love that. Tell me a little bit more about how you have, like, what has worked for you to reposition the research function that has made the organization see more value in in the research? One of the opportunities that I have internally is um, my, my, um, the person I report to is the senior vice president of IT and analytics, and he's passionate about research, which is great because he's a champion for that internally. Um, And he's created an opportunity for me to have an audience with um, several of our company executives on a monthly basis to uh, report out what I've been working on that month. So regardless of what group I'm supporting in a given pro- uh, project, I have an audience of influencers um, to share, you know, here's what we learned about our uh, corporate partner satisfaction. Here's what we learned about our, for, through um, secret shoppers in our arena, you know, guest experience. And that's useful. Everybody in the, indus- in the company gets to come and hear that and, and decide what they can then do with it. Oh, I love this. So this is really a great tip to gather the stakeholders on a regular basis. It's not a surprise. It's not like, oh, until someone has a crisis and wants to see the data. But this proactive stance of saying, hey, let me show you the data because it may pertain to you, but you weren't looking for it. Right. Yeah, (laughs) I've actually created um, my own little infographic that um, trying to figure out how I can increase the reach of research internally and, um, and knowing that really it's going to be used if it's answering a business question, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I went through all of the research that we do on an annual basis. And, and this is, it's an interesting place to be when you're, your whole, you're, you're so cyclical, so seasonal, right? Mm-hmm. You kick off the season in October, you play through April and you start over again. So you can fine tune <laughs> and improve every year. But to figure out what each of these annual projects we do, what questions they answer, and how those might relate to other departments. So mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I, I um, distributed this, I call it my little infographic, but, um, and it says, you know, if you have questions, any of these questions, basically, I can answer them. So the who are your, who are our customers? How are we reaching them? What do they think of us? Do sponsorships benefit them? How can we grow and increase more revenue? And then internally, what is our culture? So just know on the top of your mind, if any of those things come up, come talk to me. Oh, I love that. So you just talked about who are your fans and who are your sponsors. And so this brings us right back to personas, which is where you and I met. I was uh, giving an actual workshop 
at Green Books IIEX in Austin, and you attended. And um, we talked through some really interesting nitty gritty about personas. And, uh, you know, I've asked you to come on this uh, on this podcast, number one, because you're cool. And I knew we'd have a good conversation. <laughs> and it was your birthday at Green Book. It was. It was so fun. It was yeah. So so, them to throw me a party. Yes, exactly. We had a good time. So happy birthday. <laughs> Um, but while we were there, we ended up in some really great conversations about how persona development is really helping you uh, shape the mindset of how your team goes about doing their work at the Detroit Pistons. So share with me what you got from that presentation, specifically how it how it's really undergirding your mindset, how you're approaching your job. Well, it was it was great. First of all, I um I was a fan of yours through your podcast and oh, other. I didn't know that. I didn't know you knew me from before. I did. Yeah, I was <laughs> one of the reasons I wanted to make sure I was in your session was because I had to, you know, at least from a table in your workshop, be able to see and meet, you know, Priscilla, the mama bird. Um, so I was going to be there no matter what. So it was just really super interesting that the topic that you shared is probably the most impactful thing I brought away from that conference. Hmm. And you know creating personas. And I know as a marketer, you um, were able to present it as a, if you're growing your research business, here's how you identify your ideal client. But you were presented it in, in a nice open way where we were all expected to look at our own world and see, you know, what is your client? What is the person that you're trying to define to make your life easier? Mm-hmm. So from that, um, I was able to take two things away. One is, you know, obviously how it can help me to define our customer at the Detroit Pistons, our fan, our ticket buyer. And then also because of the audience I have um, once a month um, and with each of those uh, executives having their own responsibilities within the company, they're looking at my research differently. And so I was able to look at them from a persona perspective and see what voice I should have with each of those in each of those areas. Wow. Okay. That is not something I saw coming as (laughs) as an outcome. That is really interesting. So you even take it a step further and say, yes, I have this persona. I have this ticket buyer, whether it's a one-off ticket or a season, you know, um, ticket holder. Then I also have sponsorships. You have corporate, you know, people you're answering to. But then you took it a step further and said, yeah, but me as a person, as a job, when I walk in the door, I have another person that I'm working with and need to please. And I need to address their emerging and their persisting problems. And that is my immediate supervisors or, you know, even your peers on on the executive team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, That's awesome, Shelly. That's super awesome. It was great because I, you know, as you, I've worked in advertising agencies and, and, you know, where you have external clients and I've worked in internal, like right now, my position now, my clients, my personal clients are internal, but they're still my clients. Mm, I love this. When I was at TMRE several years ago, um, the gal, I'm going to forget her name out, the gal that is the head of um, uh, uh, 20th Century Fox, she was talking about this very dynamically saying, look, you have internal stakeholders, you have internal uh, clients, and you have to not solve your boss's problem. She said you have to solve your boss's boss's problem. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I think that that really ties in here, too, because, yeah, you have problems you're trying to solve in, in the research. And then you have people who come from different departments say, hey, Shelly, I need you to solve this problem for us. But really, you need to dig deeper and say, yeah, you're bringing that problem to me. But who's your boss? How can I see that as a persona? That's who I'm trying to be proactively, you know, serving. Right. That's that's just insane. I love it. So would you like to take the stage with me and we can make this presentation even better? <laughs> It would be an honor. <laughs> that would be super fun. Well, I do think, you know, it was, was funny when, when I came back. I I got a photo from you that you showed that you had used one of my slides in the Detroit Pistons um, meeting. And it was one of the funniest ones I put up, which was a rainbow with a unicorn, you know, prancing on top of it with the pot of gold at the bottom. And, you know, it's just kind of obviously I try and make the presentations fun and funny and relevant at the same time. But the idea is that, you know, one of the biggest objections people have is, oh, these personas can't quite possibly write. You know, we, we're talking about this most ideal, this unicorn and this, this, this world. We don't live in this world as people are this perfect that we're trying to reach. And I'm like, I know, I know, but can we just, you know, but what should we do then in personas? Should we, should we try and, you know, spend our marketing dollars towards the least ideal person? (laughs) No. So I love that. So, you know, you use that slide. So tell me why and and how did that help you get uh, buy-in from your team? Well, it was so funny because, you know, like I said, I came to your workshop. I got great information. I filed it away for future use, you know, for when it came time to really focus on this. Um, And like within a week of coming back, um, the marketing team was tasked with creating some customer funnels, they called them. Um, to take to some league meetings to discuss, um, you know, some workshops with other teams. And we had, you know, I pulled out these really dry transactional personas that I'd created for our ticket, ticket um, season ticket members and our, you know, half season ticket members and our individual game buyers. And then um, I pulled out your worksheet. And my struggle has always been trying to come up with the person Mm-hmm. in the persona, right? Like mm-hmm. I have at the Pistons, we have a tre- tremendous CRM system. We have, you know, we track all the transactions. I have access to a ton of data um, and I've gotten, you know, some great experience, you know, creating personas that will say, you know, you know, even though we know our primary audience is, you know, generally male in this age group um, to dig out some of the other people in that you know, in our audience. And I've found some interesting things. Like we pulled out, you know, the fact that moms are one of our target markets because while the family's coming to a game, mom's many times the one buying the ticket. Hmm. So, you know, what does she do? What does she worry about? Who is she? What does she do outside of buy Pistons tickets? Mm -hmm. You know, and that was always territory I was kind of hesitant to step into because the, um, we, when we deal with data, we always try to be so precise, mm-hmm. you know, but, but your information in that worksheet, it, and I think when I emailed you about my use of it, I was like, the persona just blossomed right out of my, my information as I was answering these 10 questions. Mm, that's you know? cool. Yeah, that's cool. Because it does start bringing in some of the creativity. And I know I'm, I'm standing in an audience of people who are researching, like you said, data driven. That's great. That's really great. But when when does it become flesh and blood? And when do we start, you know, realizing that these people are not data? They are people. <laughs> and they are right. making decisions on very nonlinear 
<laughs> you know, um, journeys <laughs> that they're on. And even understanding a little bit more about this mom, for example, you know, someone might come at marketing, you know, for the Detroit Pistons and say, okay, well, how do we get her to buy this ticket instead of this other sports ticket? Well, I don't think that's the issue. I think it's how do we get this mom to decide, hey, we're not going to go to Florida this year. We're going to go to six, you know, uh, stay, you know, staycation things. <laughs> so right. you're competing not against another sports team necessarily. You might be competing against a regional aquarium, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So understanding like her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super, super cool. Let's take a short break. Are you an influencer, thought leader, or author looking to grow your reach? Are you a speaker looking to turn up the volume and truly engage with your audience? If you answered yes, listen closely. Join PR and media expert Deirdre Breckenridge and speaker and communication strategist Dolores Hirschman on October 3rd and 4th in New York City for a live workshop geared toward influencers just like you. You'll learn how to create your very own speaking strategy to turn up the volume, understand how to convert your audience into paying clients, and so much more. Visit bit.ly slash pm dash special. That's bit.ly slash pm dash special. And use our exclusive code PMSpecial for 10% off. Or just click the link in our show notes to sign up. So what did your team have to say about that, really? You, you were a little bit trepidatious about putting, you know, some some more personal, you know, feelings or um, ascriptions maybe to this uh, persona. How did your team deal with that? They, um, I, I've been here doing what I'm doing for about four years now. So I think that there's a little bit of trust built up in what I provide to them. Yeah. So some of it was, okay, if Shelly says this is good, and I was now confident in it, which makes all the difference, mm-hmm. right? Um, they were willing to, to take that and run with it and go on to for the use that they had um, that we were creating it for. But they also, I think, appreciated having it be more of a person because that helped them in their discussions, uh, you know, at the meetings they were going to. They weren't just looking at this person, you know, this is the this is the racial mix, this is the age group, this is the gender, this is the transactional history. But now they could think about, well, if this um, season ticket member is, you know, working in this kind of job with this kind of income level, you know, maybe these are the media he'd be really interested in, rather than just taking what the target audience is for that radio station and plugging ourselves in there, you know, looking mm-hmm. at what their interests might be the drive that um, placement. Right, right. So that this really informing your creative on a on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you guys come about that? So to kind of walk me through like, so you get the marketing department in the same room and start talking that like, what does that look like? Well, it's interesting because marketing is um, with all of the groups that I have contact with here. Um, our marketing group is um, we have an internal basically an internal creative agency mm-hmm. um, and they are pretty self-sufficient. So they take the um, profile and persona information that I provide and, and make sure that it's fitting kind of the direction that they're heading and the placement that they're um, 
their planning. Um, we've recently contracted with an outside agency who also um, invited me into some conversations to share this persona information, some other brand health research that we did, and some you know information about our guest experiences that helped define a new campaign that we just launched in the marketplace. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, very cool. Tell us about the new campaign. It's, um, well, it's resonating really with the Detroit basketball theme that has been our kind of anthem over the years. Um, so it's, it's taking images of the new, re, it's an exciting time to be in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. We've come through this renaissance now and our team has, uh, totally embraced the downtown area, even moving to a new arena to play down there um, while we were in the northern suburbs for 30 years. Uh, So it's, you know, the campaign is centered around that and speaking to, you know, the the millennial Gen Z audience in a in a completely on target cultural direction. Very cool. You're right. You know, these there are a lot of cities that are experiencing this right now. And the sports teams are a big part of that. Um, you know, of that renaissance, like you said, but also just like that, that city morale, you know, the pride of Detroit. And, (laughs) you know, I think Detroit also for us nationally is a little bit of a touchstone. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a a major shift um, that we've taken as a nation. We've had different industries, you know, fade out. The the big cities have had to ask themselves what happens when our particular industry dies. And so I think, you know, that story and the journey that Detroit's been on is something that I think also has national, you know, focus, you know, or national interest, I guess I would say. Um, so that's really interesting that you have almost maybe is that more pressure <laughs> as a as a backdrop to all the marketing that that you do. Do you feel that kind of pressure of you're helping promote the city along with your actual team? So I don't know if it's pressure as much as excitement. Okay. Right? Like for years, I believe we were trying to promote a team um, that was probably about an hour, forty five minutes to an hour outside of the city of Detroit. Mm. You know, so that I feel like. Um, would have been more pressure. Right, right. Now it's no, more perspective. of a natural fit. You yeah. know, we are here. We are in, you know, one of the few cities, I think the only city that has all their major sports teams playing in the downtown area. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy message, I think, now to share. Yeah. So what's next for you at the Detroit Pistons? What's, you know, what do you think is like the next big thing that you guys need to tackle uh, you know, in order to, you know, take it even that, that a step further for the fans? Through our guest experience research, we've seen that there has been tremendous improvements in the fan experience at our new arena. So the team plays now. This is just finished the second year down at Little Caesars Arena in the middle of downtown Detroit. And um, I think we had some fans who really liked playing and were comfortable with the location we were at and we're um, a little bit hesitant to accept the move. Um, and that, so, and that affected our guest experience scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just received our research results back from this year's, uh, this past season. And it was an incremental increase. It was amazing to see. And I think that that, um, and continuing that trend and, and continuing to improve our partnership with, um, the Olympia Entertainment, who you know we're working with to play down in the arena, um, is our next. I wouldn't say challenge, but you know t- to continue 
uh, improving everything. And then it's great to be part of the measurement of that. So I get to um, figure out like the voice of the fan that, you know, they speak obviously through their dollars and when they buy tickets and how often they come to games, but they also speak through our surveys and our focus groups and, and the opportunity we give them uh, to share information with us. I have um, a, a small panel that I started um, the Pistons fan forum, we call it. And it um, is a group of, I want to say it's like 1200 people now and it's made up of um, season ticket buyers, individual game buyers, uh, uh, fans who follow us on social media. Um, just I put invitations out there in all corners of Detroit to see, you know, would you like to participate in Detroit Pistons research and just help us answer business questions whenever they come up? That and, is cool. So you built your your complete own community. <laughs> I did. I did. And it's so funny because. I, when I first started here at the Pistons, this is my first role in research. Um, so, you know, you come in and you don't know what you don't know. So you just ask a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, you can look at things kind of with a, a broader perspective or an outsider's point of view. And I was, I looked at the breadth of research they were already doing here. Um, but we were asking a lot of questions of the people we already knew. And so I was wondering, you know, what was the best way to, to find out who in the Detroit area is connected with the team at some level who isn't already buying tickets and isn't already sharing information with us. So I created what I didn't realize already existed um, as a panel or a community. Um, so I just started collecting, you know, names of people. And we did have, there was a, in the research, the survey platform we were using, there was this little hidden panel functionality that I dug out and, and dusted off and figured out how to use and managed our, our panel. And I reach out to them about once a month. And now it's to the point where people are in the different departments are coming to me saying, Hey, I have this question. Should we ask the fan forum? And it's, that's a great feeling too, you know, that, that people are, are trusting the process and and the information that we've, um, that we're able to get. Well, and I love that because what they're saying is that that's their ultimate boss and they're recognizing, you know, we need that voice of the fan and, and we want to create, an experience that that they want. And so, right. uh, yeah, that, you know, sometimes, you know, it seems it, it seems crazy, but it seems like sometimes that's the problem within an organization is that sometimes people just want to do their own initiatives as opposed to really, you know, d- d- taking the extra time it is to delve into the voice of the consumer, voice of the fan in, in your case. Right. Yeah. Because there's, in, especially in sports, it's really, I find it's really interesting because um, winning helps everything. Right? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Winning makes the beer colder and the seats more comfortable. And, you know, so it's, it's, and our team is on a, a good trajectory. It's, it's a fun time to be a Pistons fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some great successes, historical successes, and we had some low times. And I really feel like it's, um, the city has some confidence that, you know, we're going to be an interesting, exciting team for the next few years. Uh, so, the beer is starting to get colder and the seats are starting to get more comfortable, (laughs) but it's still figuring out what can we change? You know, you don't have, we as a business unit have no control over how the team does. Mm -hmm. So, but we still have to meet the needs of the fans who are coming in day to day and the people who are following us on, on social media. And how do we do that given, you know, the, the, the fact that there's not that natural draw of a championship team, right? you know, right. 
experience with that. Yeah. Let me ask you a tough question about marketing and marketing research. Now, you and I met in person at this uh, trade show that is a market research and an insights and innovation type of uh, trade show. So what was your goal in coming to something like that? Because you're kind of the coveted person. You're an end client, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you're the person that is going to get attacked at those market research <laughs> trade shows. So what's your motivation in coming to that? I'd love to hear that from your perspective. What are you hoping to gain out of coming to those, uh, those, uh, those speaking, you know, learning environments and trade shows? I to learn essentially mm-hmm. um, because I came into this really not knowing what I was getting into. Um, and so I'm a self-taught researcher. I recently, you know, I got my master's in business analytics, um, finished that up as I was starting this job, not knowing that market research was what I was going to fall in love with. Mm. Um, so I'm always trying to, to learn and grow in this industry and meet wonderful, amazing people that can teach me and guide me um, like you. Um, So to go to a trade show like that is um, a great place for me to learn, like to figure out like what opportunities are out there to answer the business questions that I, that my stakeholders come to me with and to, because external research isn't a huge um, budget item for sports teams to go see what's out there that may be worth having that conversation about internally and saying, this is something I don't think I can do myself, but I think it would provide great value. And that's a lot easier to do when you've met someone face to face and built a relationship um, with them and their company. Right, right. So if you had advice for a vendor, like because you do handle so much internally, Mm how, how, how would you like people to approach you? You know, you, you have a community panel, you've dug out a DIY tool. Um, you know, what would you say to, you know, market research firms that are out there about, you know, this is where you guys get it wrong, trying to talk to us here at end clients, and this is what you do right. Do you have an opinion about that? Well, it's been interesting to me that um, there are some annual surveys that and studies that the NBA encourages us to do. And as I'm learning about the companies that, that manage those third-party companies that we work with at the NBA's suggestion, um, they focus a lot on just sports teams. Mm. And um, then there are the companies that I meet at like events like IIEX who are um, interested in working with sports teams but don't really have a sports background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Understanding that um, sports teams don't really dig into this, and I'm talking, you know, end client from specifically a sports perspective. Right. right. Um, that to to help us understand other sports um, activities you've had or companies you've talked to, um, and what specifically you can answer for me that I, I have no way of doing myself. Because mm-hmm. that's always our first, my first focus here is to, to figure out, okay, what's being done? Do I have the tools to do it myself? And if I don't, who would be the best person to help me with that? Mm-hmm. Do you find that uh, it would be of value to you to have that outside view? Because there is one, you know, 
uh, school of thought that is, hey, stick with the companies who understand sports fans. On the other hand, sometimes, you know, having someone who doesn't have that baggage or the assumptions could be really healthy. Do you do you feel like it would be good to have a mix or do you feel like, look, there, it just is really nuanced and you've got to have sports experience? No, I think a mix is essential. Hmm. I, I really appreciate that um, because I, I, I'm learning that some of the sports focused uh, companies we're working with have more capabilities than they um, communicate on a regular basis. You know, Mm -hmm. they are more research oriented um, in the sports space than just this one study that I work with them on. So that's good information, but I feel like I can more easily judge their abilities and offerings. If I'm out there in the world of the larger research world, learning what methodologies are new and making sure that before I go and work with a partner that um, has a ton of sports information and, and experience, that they also are aware of what else is going out on out in the rest of the research world. Right, right. No, I think that's great perspective. So I have to say, Shelly, you've given me lots of compliments on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a little bit red. So, um, uh, but let me give you a chance. I mean, obviously we connected. We, you know, I, I feel like it, we as peers can, you know, give great feedback to each other. And I really appreciated, uh, you know, the feedback you, you gave me. For me, it is valuable to know that this makes a difference, you know, for companies. Our entire MO is to say, well, how can we be helpful? How can we be a resource? But tell me, let me just give you an open space. What would you like to say about the Detroit Pistons and and how great they are? And let me just give you a complete platform here. Well, it's it's interesting because I don't think that there's another job, especially in the city, um, like mine, um, to work with a sports organization that's on the rise, that's got a bunch of dynamic stuff going on. Um, in a city that's coming to life, we have, um, like I mentioned, our team has moved downtown to play um, in the in the inner city uh, a couple years ago. But our corporate headquarters are still out at the Palace of Auburn Hills, where the team had been playing, um, and we're in the process of building um, a Pistons Performance Center uh, that'll be done in the next few months in downtown, and we'll be moving down there to be part of that exciting growth in the in the area. Um, so, you know, to be part of that change and that shift of supporting the downtown area is a really exciting um, place to be, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pistons organization, we've always been, and my understanding is it, we've been at the cutting edge of uh, data and analytics um, with the growth of our department. Uh, and I know a lot of other teams are, are also um, on that boat now, but just the CRM system that we have here, the analytics and the, and the BI processes that we have. And, and that's another great part of my job is I sit in the analytics department. So I do my research and I do my own analytics typically, but I have access to all of our, our data and our analytics team um, for anything that I need support with. Awesome. Yeah, that that that's really cool. I love the putting, you know, your money where your mouth is. We you want to be a part of that revitalization of downtown and so the whole the whole corporation is moving there. That's mm-hmm. that's super powerful and I really love it. Well, we're going to go out on your fan site and we're going to grab some giveaway items um to add to our giveaway. We're going to we're going to grab some some fan some fan stuff. Um and just <laughs> it really is a thank you for coming on and telling us your story for our audience. They're always asking 
asking for uh, a different perspective, you know, from marketing research. And I and I think that hearing from an end client about really how are they using this and why why do they need research and why you know um, uh, why do they have to constantly you know ask themselves how are we going to use that data? Yes, it is data, but how are we going to use it? You know, you guys have to you have to make something of it. And I think that's a very different perspective than from a research company that says, well, we just have to tell them the truth. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to actually do something with it. So, Shelly, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was Shelly Bourne from uh, the Detroit Pistons. And uh, it's really been a pleasure. And I can't wait to see you at the next event. So what next event are you going to be at in market research? Do you have something on the calendar? I don't have anything on the calendar yet. I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, okay, I'm going to give you, I'll email you my list of where I'm being. Okay. We'll see if we can coincide this year. I love it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Priscilla. It's been a, an honor. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.